1: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets will take on the Atlanta Hawks, their division rivals and in, in terms of the play-in tournament from last year, at least, their nemesis. We'll see if the Hornets can get some revenge later on today. We'll preview the game for you. Also, talk about one of the, the main focal points from head coach Steve Clifford after the team's last contest, a loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. That would be points in the paint. Not just that, also fouls, but overall, points in the paint were one of the more lopsided categories. Hornets lost the game by 12. They lost points in the paint by 14. So, clearly, uh, that was an issue against a very big team. Coach Steve Clifford touched on it the other day, and we will touch on it here today. Also, new episode of Real Access, the first for the 2022-2023 season was released, and we'll give you our thoughts on that as well. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, back again here on the HHC. Rob, thanks for joining
0: Sure, I am happy to be joined by the birthday boy today. You didn't think I would
2: remember, did you? I was not anticipating it. Yes, I I am uh, gladly not yet 40. Uh, 21 again, right? 21 again. Another anniversary of my 21st birthday, yes. But I appreciate it, and uh, it's always a happy birthday when I get to enjoy Hornets basketball. Hopefully, the team can bring home a win for me. That's absolutely what they're focused on. That's your only birthday
0: gift that you want to share. That's right.
2: That's all I want. Let's start off this podcast. We'll get to the game. In a little bit. Let's start off with Real Axis. I love our production team. All the work they do is fantastic. But this is really a special piece, and this is a special episode. Real Axis always goes behind the scenes. Some of the things it takes us behind the scenes with here: introducing head coach Steve Clifford, hearing some thoughts from some of the players, as well as you know, Coach Clifford talking about his taking over this squad and how it's so much different. From other teams that he's had. The first two times he took over a franchise, both in Charlotte and in Orlando, the team had had a losing record. In some cases, a bad losing record. And he was able to quickly right the ship and get the team headed towards the postseason. And inevitably, both franchises did reach the postseason under his head coaching. This time, even though the team didn't make the playoffs, He's taking over a winning team. He is building from strength, and that's something that was highlighted in this last episode of Real Access.
0: And to give a little bit more insight with not giving away everything, just to give a little tease, a little taste, we're going to have head coach Steve Clifford on Tuesday's edition of the HHC. I didn't want to break that news to everybody, but if you were going to lead me into it, then so be it. So, But one of the things that Coach Cliff talked about in Tuesday's episode of the HHC coming up was about how this is one of the best offenses that he's ever taken over. This is one of the biggest skill sets that he's ever seen that isn't a team that is, I don't want to say raw, but they're developing. This is a team that is obviously still developing. I mean, you still have a 21-year-old all-star in LaMelo Ball who... The sky is the limit, of course. And then you got some veterans sprinkled in there, like a Terry Rozier and, of course, a Gordon Hayward, a Mason Plumlee. But you still got some of those younger guys that can develop some talent. And we've seen Cliff develop talent over the years in his previous stints with stops, of course, here in Charlotte and Orlando as well. He's going to be able to do that again. We've seen that a little bit already with Nick Richards. I'm not saying that Coach Clifford is the exact reason why Nick Richards has had so much success the first couple of games this season, but being able to develop talent a little bit, understanding what the younger guys need, what the younger generation needs in terms of just development overall and that's something that Coach Clifford talks about on Tuesday's edition of the AJC once again it's just a really fascinating behind the scenes look that I don't think a lot of people understand because again at the end of the day with the coaching search that the Hornets had with Coach Clifford, people are saying, well, we already know what he is about. We've already seen him here in Charlotte. Well, that's not the case. I mean, this is a different team, different pieces to use in your toolbox to build something great, and that's what Coach Clifford's doing here in Charlotte so far.
2: There's a lot of areas that this episode of Real Access takes you behind the scenes. There's the Hornets Gala that raised a lot of money for the Hornets Foundation. There's behind-the-scenes looks at training camp. Definitely encourage you to check it out, Hornets.com, and also via the Hornets mobile app. Uh, You Can see it for yourself. It's really a great behind the scenes look. One other thing I wanted to touch on though some of the messaging coming from head coach Steve Clifford there. And he's having a conversation with the team in training camp. And he delivers the message that we're good enough. We're good enough. The players, the talent level there is good enough to achieve the things they want to achieve. And he tacks on one thing at the end says, If you don't believe me, come see me and I'll show you why. It's not fluff. It's not rah-rah talk. It's I believe in you, and I've got the details, the information to back it up. Not that any of the players are lacking confidence or need a pep talk, but that means a lot. That means he sees the data, he sees the evidence to back up what he's saying. And again, it goes back to he's taking over a winning team. The cupboard is stocked for the Hornets, with young talent, with experienced players, and if this team can reach full strength, full health at any point, watch out, because they've got the horses to ride towards their goals of making the playoffs and making a run once they're there.
0: And that's, again, something that Coach Cliff talked about on the podcast coming up here in a few days, but if he's saying that on a podcast, and he's saying it to the players, and he's saying it with a mic on in real access, then he believes it. I mean, he's not blowing smoke to anybody. He is all-in, on honest mentality, and he's telling you the truth. He's not going to tell the team one thing and then say something else different in the public eye. It's the same messaging across the board. It's just that, kind of that you know New Yorker mentality where I'm going to tell you like it is, I don't care who's listening, and that's what he's doing. And that's great because the fact that you're able to just pound that into your players' heads... And give them that kind of mentality. Of course, we know guys on the team from New York and that kind of area already have that mentality. But if you're able to get everybody to buy in and believe, that's half the battle because the last thing you want to do as a coach is go into a locker room and talk and not have anybody take you seriously or have your words be empty. That's not the way with Coach Clifford. The guys listen, they understand the assignment and they buy into the product, and that's what you're able to see in this episode of Real Access.
2: Go check it out. Real Access, episode 14, the tip-off to the 2022-2023 season, takes you through training camp, takes you through the introduction of the New head coach, Steve Clifford. Lots of great stuff there and uh, some spectacular work by our crew here with the Hornets. Definitely encourage you to check it out. Again, Hornets.com and the Hornets mobile app, two of the places you can go to find it. All that said, all the positivity coming from the episode, the Hornets did take a loss and did have an issue maybe exposed a little bit sometimes those things are positive by the way sometimes coaches like it when something is revealed in a loss so that it can be addressed and fixed for the future one of those focal points in the 124 to 112 loss to the new orleans pelicans was points in the paint it's something that head coach steve clifford talked about at length after the contest we'll let you hear from him and give our thoughts on it when we return here on the hornets hivecast
0: I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor
1: who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listened to it on cassette tapes.
0: Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
2: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets fell for the first time this season on Friday in the home opener to the New Orleans Pelicans, 124-112, to of course had our review podcast for you yesterday on that one, but just to touch on a couple of things real quick, early on turnovers were a major issue in the Hornets they dug themselves a hole, they were down 11 after the first quarter, ended up losing by 12 so you could argue that's really where the loss happened, but the Hornets I felt did a little bit better than just play the Pelicans even the rest of the way, the main sticking point that kept them from eventually getting over the hump and taking the lead or finishing closer than the 12 point loss was one fouls Hornets fouled way too much, 37 free throw attempts for the Pelicans, 14 for the Hornets. That wasn't bad officiating. It was anything but. It was a pretty good job by the crew there. It's just the Hornets fouled too much. But also points in the paint was an issue. Charlotte overall in the game, when they lost by 12, they were outscored in the paint in that game by 14 so you can chalk it up to that as well after the contest hornets head coach steve clifford had this to say about the hornets paint defense
1: the uh, points in the paint thing is definitely an issue um you know it's it's again it, you, we're not gonna win <laughs> you can't win you know look we can be fun to watch we can have a fun way to play you know and all that stuff you're, you're only gonna go so far If the other team lives in the paint and they score on second chance points, no team's ever done it to play like that. It's not going to happen, you know. And we're capable, too, by the way. It's not like like we can't. Now, also, I believe in preseason, they were number one in the NBA in points in the paint. I mean, they're a handful, you know. So it's not like they're an easy team either. But, you know, Zion had three drives in the first quarter in, like, semi-transition where we're nowhere to be found. I mean that you know that's we have, that's my fault. I mean that's what I'm here for, right? But those are the things, the habits, the mentality, the mindset that's going to have to change. In the third quarter, and the fourth quarter, when he drove the ball, we were much better, right? I mean we were there. We we're in front of him, They made a lot harder on. Him. So it's not like we're not capable uh, at all. But you know we can. Those are things to me like to not leaking out. We can all fix that tonight. That's not like practice. That's like agreeing that that's what you have to do to be a better rebounder. You don't need a lot of reps on stuff like that. So, again, that's my responsibility, how we play, what we're good at. Uh, It's not a question of are we capable, okay? We're, We're more than capable.
2: Longer quote there, but I thought it was a worthwhile one to let you all hear from head coach Steve Clifford after the loss of the Pelicans talking about points in the paint, talking about defense, talking about some certain philosophical things. We talked about it last segment. You know, He, he clearly believes that the talent is in the room to achieve what they want, and I'm in agreement with him. I, I believe you are as well, Rob Longo, but... That doesn't mean you you can fail to execute in certain areas and it's one thing to have the talent, you also have to have the game plan and the ability to execute it and clearly that didn't happen against the Pelicans in that space. A lot of things went well, the effort was really good but that was one place where it was lacking and that's something that you're going to hear from Steve Clifford throughout the season. He's going to be honest and real with these guys and that includes pointing out where they fell short and also letting them know that They're capable of being better, and that better version of themselves is what they need to accomplish what they want.
0: Certainly, but to a certain degree, I'm not super, super worried if we're boiling it down to just the points in the paint. Now, obviously, you look at the box score and you say, oh, my God, the Pelicans scored 62 points in the paint. That's unacceptable. They got guys like Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson. I mean, you talked about it on the broadcast. Zion could start today for the Saints at middle linebacker if he really wanted to. The guy is just a bowling ball going down the lane. He was 7-19 shooting, but then he went to the free throw line a couple of times. Valanciunas lived at the free throw line in Friday's game. He was 13-14. He had 30 points and 17 boards, and he was 8-11 for from the field. So I understand that you don't want to put people at the free throw line you want to protect the paint and you want to be physical at the end of the day it's very difficult to stop two really good guys like that that are big and physical and sometimes you just simply don't have the size the hornets have the size for the most part, at the center position with Mason Plumley, P.J. Washington, if he's playing the four, he's a little bit undersized. But the problem there is at the four, you well, don't undersized, have, compared, undersized to compared to Zion. Undersized compared to other guys like Zion. Because then when you, when you think down the line, you're thinking about matchups against teams like Cleveland where they got Twin Towers in the front court. Then you got a matchup against Minnesota. I know you only play them twice this year because they're in a Western Conference, obviously. But they got Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert now. So now you're trying to think of matchups like that that you're going to see down the line... Because, again, it's an 82-game schedule, but every game matters. So if you're able to pick up a win here or there, at the end of the day, not every team has Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas, so I'm not super, super concerned, especially when we take a look at matchups like tonight against the Hawks. But at the end of the day like you mentioned it's good to get those things on film early because you know where you need to correct those mistakes
2: most definitely and coach did credit New Orleans they executed well in the paint they've got a lot of size you're right there that's a different type of team than the one the Hornets are facing tonight in the, in the Atlanta Hawks or you know after that against the New York Knicks or the Orlando Magic and on and on and on. Every team's going to have their strengths and the Pelicans' clearly size and paint scoring is one of theirs. And the Hornets, when they're at full strength, they have different ways to attack it. You can try and run them off the floor, which is a lot easier to do with LaMelo Ball. On the floor, but I think this team is capable of being stronger in the paint or at least posting a stronger performance in terms of points in the paint and combating that. And Coach Clifford clearly agrees, and so you want to have as many ways to attack it as possible. Hornets fell short, but a good learning lesson. And even though it was something that was a focal point of head coach Steve Clifford in the post game press conference, one that he feels clearly that they can improve on, and two games in the season I'd say everywhere is somewhere you can improve on, but that one, the best is clearly yet to come. Hornets are 1-1. One one. They're looking to get back above five hundred, and more importantly, get some revenge against the Atlanta Hawks. I know the fans would love that. Charlotte duels with their division rivals later on today. We will go through our game preview when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at hornetsfanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
2: Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Hornets taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight, this evening, I guess, 5 p.m. tip time. You can hear the pregame show on our flagship station, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, beginning at 4. Before we get into our picks for our preview, players to watch, stat to watch, this game, Rob Longo, is clearly a little bit different. Hornets finished last year 43-39, and 39, same record as the Hawks. Most years, that's at minimum a top-eight position, oftentimes a top-six position, which even in this new format would put you right in the playoff bracket. Last year, just so happened, it was good for ninth and tenth in the division, and the Hornets did not hold the tiebreaker against the Hawks, so they got to go on the road for the 9-10 play-in game, and the Hawks, they won big, 132 to 103 was the final score coming into the game. Hawks outscored the Hornets thirty-two to twenty-three. Charlotte won slightly the second quarter. Third quarter was even worse, forty-two to twenty four in favor of the Hawks, and it was basically over at that point. Hornets a tough loss, second straight year, dropped out of the play in tournament last season. The Hornets did get revenge against the team that bounced them from the play-in tournament. That was the Indiana Pacers. Not only did they beat them in the first matchup, they beat them in the next three as well. A big sweep. I don't know that you can expect that against the Atlanta Hawks. It's a very good team with high expectations, but wouldn't it be nice? Before we get into our picks, your thoughts on the opportunity for the players, maybe, the fan base, definitely, to get some revenge in this one.
0: Yeah, it would be a lot cooler if they did sweep them, wouldn't it? Four straight, that would be nice. But yeah, I mean, Atlanta's going to be another difficult team to face this year. Just seems like some of these teams in the East just keep getting a little bit better, a little bit better, inch by inch. When they traded for DeJounte Murray in the offseason, I was like, oh, my goodness. How is this? First off, how is this going to work with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray? And so far, it's worked out pretty well for them. Unfortunately, for people in the Southeast Division, it has to play them four times. But again, the two teams that the Hawks have played so far, Houston and Orlando, both at home, Again, Orlando gave them a little bit of a game. Houston also gave them a game, too. They only won by 10 against Houston in the opening game. So, I mean, at the end of the day, is Atlanta going to be one of those teams that competes for a top-six spot in the East? Absolutely. If they get there, that's to be determined. But, again, the Hawks, when you take them back two years ago, they made that surprise run to the conference finals. And then last year, of course, they regressed having to go through the play-in tournament. So, you just can't base each year off the previous year, especially only two games in. You just have to kind of take it at face value.
2: Let's get into our game preview. We need players to watch from each side as well as a statistic to watch. Rob Longo, you get to pick the category and you get to go first.
0: So many different places to go. I guess we'll start with a Hawks player to watch. And I'll defer to you because do you want Trey Young or do you want DeJounte Murray? Because... I can take either. Take your choice. Uh, I already talked about DeJounte Murray. I'll just stay with him. How about that? So uh, he's one of those guys that, again, I did not know how the Trey Young, DeJounte Murray thing was going to work this season because they both have very similar styles of play. But it's worked out so far. I mean, when you take a look at what they did in the first two games, they're the first duo in NBA history to average 20 points and 10 assists through the first two games of the season. They've combined for 45 assists so far through those first two games. Here's a little trivia for you, Sam. That surpasses another duo by four assists in the 1989 season. Do you have any idea who that duo would be? Duo in the 1989 season? If you get this, you can have all the money in my wallet, which I don't. I think it's maybe like five bucks.
2: Uh, let's go uh, Tim Hardaway and Mitch Richmond. Yeah, no.
0: Kevin Johnson and Tim Legler. Okay. They had 41 assists in their first two games in 1981. So what DeJounte Murray and Trey Young have been able to do so far, Looks really good on paper, but again, when you take a step back and you kind of look at the not quite 30,000 feet view, maybe the 1,000 foot view from maybe like the last row at State Farm Arena. They played Houston and Orlando, so take it at face value.
1: Look,
2: those two are going to be a special combo. How they fit together, that's going to be the big question because both do function best with the ball in their hands. Trey Young, more aggressive with his shot from three, from everywhere. He's certainly a gifted scorer, taking nothing away from him, but sometimes a lot of his assists come from clocks winding down, defense collapses on him, and he finds someone, whereas DeJounte Murray seems to be more inside of, the, of a free-flowing play or offense where he gets a lot more of his assists. Either way, so far, the results are what they are. It's a team that is 2-0. Those two both have gone for 20-plus points in each of their first two games, and so I'm going to play along here, and I will take Trey Young as my player to watch as well. Now, he still has some of the pitfalls that there are holes in his game. Not maybe Holes isn't the right word. There are areas that if he improves, he becomes an All-NBA player at a level that he has not yet achieved. One of those is is just being more consistent with his three-point shot. Yeah, he is averaging so far on the season 24 points per game. He's also shooting 25% from three in that span, five for 20. He hasn't been the most efficient player from the field overall either, 14 for 46. Quick math, that's 30% from the floor. So he's not playing anywhere near his best basketball right now, and yet the Hawks are still winning so that could be taken as a sign that this team is gettable Trey Young is not Ice Trey just yet for this season so maybe even though he's producing a lot of stats he's not doing it as efficiently as he possibly could and that opens the door for the Hornets or maybe he's due we'll find out later on today next up Hornet to watch or stat to watch
0: let's go for a Hornet to watch this is going to tie into my stat to watch later but I'm going to take a look at Nick Richards again 19 points 10 rebounds in that opening game against San Antonio, Friday night against the Pelicans, 26 minutes, 6 points, 6 rebounds. Again, not 19 and 10, but I'll take 6 and 6 from Nick Richards coming off the bench against guys like Jonas Valančiūnas and Zion Williamson. I got no problem with that. With that said, when you take a look at this Hawks team, they are a lot smaller compared to a New Orleans Pelicans teams. So you got Clint Capella in the middle, and that's about their only big that they're going to play. They'll play a, a Yeka Kongwu, and they'll play Jalen Johnson. But those guys aren't six foot ten, six foot eleven. Nick Richards is a seven footer that can go out there and give them hell. So with that said, I'm taking a look at Nick Richards. It's possible for him to have another 19 and 10 game tonight. I'm not saying he's going to, but it's very, very, very likely that it's going to be towards that end of the spectrum compared to a 6.6 rebound game that he had Friday night.
2: I'm going to go with P.J. Washington for this one, for my Hornet to watch, and I'll tell you why. There is another guy on the Hawks who has back-to-back 20-point performances, and he's been a lot more efficient than Trey Young or DeJounte Murray, for that matter. That's John Collins, and that defensive assignment is probably going to fall to P.J. Washington. So that... Part of his game is going to be big. team is definitely going to need a good defensive night from P.J. Washington in that one-on-one assignment. On top of that, P.J.'s scoring has been pretty strong to start the season. He, of course, the other night ended up with double-figure points, 10 points, knocked down a couple of threes. Not his most efficient shooting day, but not bad either. He had 17 points on 58% shooting and 3 of 4 from 3 in the win over the San Antonio Spurs. So you put it all together he's shooting over 40% from 3 To begin the season, he's right around 50-45% from the floor. He's playing pretty good basketball. Maybe he can be a little bit more explosive scoring, maybe not. But I think all around, if P.J. Washington ends up a positive in the plus-minus, the Hornets are probably going to win this game. So he's my focal point, my player to watch here for the Hornets. Last but not least, a statistic to watch. For me, this is the low-hanging fruit,
0: and it's bench points. Because Atlanta's bench... Just be honest, they're god awful. I mean, I think that's strong. They had 20 bench points against Orlando. Like, I mean, they're just not good. I mean, Akong you know, they have Justin Holliday, Aaron Holliday, Buddy Holliday. I don't know how (laughs) many holidays they got on the roster, but they don't, again, the bench I just don't think is the best for the Hawks. And maybe they develop over time. Maybe they get a little bit better as the year progresses, but. This roster, the way that it's been constructed, because they went out and got a guy like DeJounte Murray, they just weren't able to re-sign some of their bench pieces from last year. I mean, Kevin Herter goes to Sacramento in free agency. A couple of other guys leave as well. So those pieces that they were able to rely on on the bench are just simply not there. 20 bench points is is not going to get you a lot in this league. Through the first two games, Atlanta's had to do it. By the starters, you got Trey Young with 25 points Friday night. DeJounte Murray had 20. John Collins had 23. DeAndre Hunter was in double figures as well. Clint Capella still has yet to turn the corner, so I'm a little scared because he hasn't produced through the first two games, and I'm not saying he's due. I certainly hope not because he can wait until the next game to go off and have a game against another team other than the Hornets. But for me, the bench points are going to be the difference. If Charlotte can play even or around even when it comes to the starters out there on the floor— And the bench is able to come in and produce like they have been the last couple of games. Hornets had 30 bench points on Friday night because of Jalen McDaniels having a big night. And then Dennis Smith Jr. had a double-digit night as well. So those bench points are going to be important, very important for the Hornets, because I think that's how they win this ballgame tonight.
2: I I agree with you. I think that is the low-hanging fruit. I I don't want to disparage the... Hawks' bench, because I think Onyeka Kongu is a very, very good player, and I think they do have some more experienced guys on that bench who uh, are certainly capable of doing more than they've shown, but I think you're right. I think the Hornets do have an edge there in their bench scoring, and that's a category they can take advantage of. But, Rob, rules are in effect. You took it already. So, I'm going to go with points off turnovers. This is a Hawks team that does make mistakes. They do turn the ball over, uh, or are at least capable of turning the ball over quite a bit. Case in point, their win over the Orlando match Just Trey Young and DeJounte Murray turned the ball over 13 times. So it's not as if this team is immune to coughing it up but you got to make it cost them when they do. Hornets did a fairly good job of that the other day against New Orleans. took some time for them to force the turnovers enough to, to catch up, but they were getting more than a point per turnover taken away from the Pelicans. Uh, they're going to need to do that again against the Hawks. I think, generally speaking, the Hornets have done a fairly good job of protecting the basketball. There were some, some poor decisions, particularly in the first quarter, that really cost the Hornets against the Pelicans. They need to clean that up on their own end. But generally speaking make the Hawks pay for their mistakes. If you can do that, you got a chance in this one. If you don't, it's just letting it be a shooting competition and Trey Young, he gets hot, or DeJounte Murray, he gets hot, or John Collins, he stays hot. It can become a problem. So Bench scoring, I agree with you, that'd be number one, but my number two, points off turnovers. There you have it, your game preview. Hornets will take on the Atlanta Hawks later on today, 5 p.m. tip, so if you're tuning in on our flagship station Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, pregame be Begins at four o'clock, and then I will have the call one hour later. Rob Longo, thank you as always for joining me here on the Hornets I've Cast. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you later, birthday boy. Appreciate it, and thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. As Rob mentioned before, we've got some fun stuff coming up. Tomorrow we'll, of course, have our post-game review edition of the HHC. Rob Longo will be in the host chair for that one. And then the following day, Tuesday, the 25th, we are going to have an exclusive one-on-one interview with Hornets head coach Steve Clifford. Very much looking forward to bringing that one to all of you. Things to look forward to. For now, for my broadcast partner, our producer here on the HHC, Rob Longo. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.